This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. I'm very grateful. I'm so thankful to be here. Listen, I just left a sales meeting for Salem Communications, and I have to tell you, I I was supposed to be there to encourage, teach, inspire them, but I think just by being up there and having the questions asked of me, I felt like I was the one that was being encouraged and inspired. So it was really wonderful to just be there and, and um, answer the questions that they asked. Isn't it funny how sometimes we go through life and we just don't even realize how much we know or how much we've learned? And then when we get asked the question and we have the answer, it just it kind of makes us aware of just, you know, what we've been through and, and how we can conquer. Or we can get through things and victory is ours. And uh, it makes us better people. Just the, the situations, you know, when things are thrown at you and you, you just don't know how you're going to sink or swim. You don't know how you're going to get through it. But you do. Thank you, God. We get through it. And then we look back and we're going, he was with us the whole time. And there was a message. There was a lesson that he was wanting us to learn. And we grow and we assess and we figure out exactly like where we went wrong or what we could do better. At least I hope we're asking those questions. And so, you know, when we're, when we're striving to be the best we can be and, you know, we, we are making progress, what does the devil do? I am finding, I just picture this, you know, they say that it's, um, that the, the battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's in the spiritual realm. And I'm going through a battle. We all are going through battles, I'm sure, but I'm going through a battle right now. And so when I talk to you, I'm talking to you from a place of right now, I'm a warrior and I'm in battle and I need to learn and I need to rely on what God's promises are. I need to rely on what God tells me to do. So the message today has to do with What is God telling me to do? And what wisdom and discernment can I gain from the interaction I'm having with certain individuals? You know, when there's things that come at me and I'm like, where did that come from? Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that where you're going, wow, I thought things were going so well and all of a sudden they're not. And it's like, okay, um, a statement's made, a comment's made, an action. There's words, there's actions. And it doesn't really go with the scenario in my head or your head, you know, in some cases I would think that we're asking ourselves, hmm, you know, something, something's going awry here. Something's not right. And you're trying to put it together. Have you ever been there? I've been there multiple times, you know, running a business, having a lot of people, and then in personal life and in church and whatnot. It's like things happen and we're going, huh, okay, we're, we're supposed to have peace and unity right? And I'm a peacemaker at heart. I want to have peace. And no matter what my relationships have been, where people have come at me, or there's been a struggle, I just, if there's any way I can make it a win-win, if there's any way I can keep the peace, if there's any way, and sometimes we have to suck it up, don't we? We have to suck it up, buttercup. And we just have to say, okay, God's in control. Vengeance is not mine. It's his. And so we have to do our part. We have to do what he tells us to do. So I have scriptures to back this up. If you're tuning in with me right now, thank you so much for doing it. It's no coincidence that you found the Sue Freeze Show. And I would love for you to connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. I want you to go there. Please go there and connect with me. This whole show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And I'm passionate 
about the purpose, and I'm passionate about connecting. So please connect with me by going there. There is an email there. You can send me an email. I'm the only one that reads it. So you can be as frank and vulnerable as you want to be and know that it's safe with me. If you have a need, a prayer request, anything, I will do my best. I am not a theologian. I'm not. I live a life. I follow Christ. I do my best to know his will and walk in his will. And I, I want to stay in positivity. I want to be where I can be the best me I can be. So you are who you hang with. It's something I've taught my children from a very young age. You are who you hang with. So you've got to choose your friends. Don't let them choose you. At work, same thing applies. You choose your employees. You choose who's going to be in your inner circle. You choose who's going to be closest to you because you want them to defend you when you're not in the room. You want them to fight for the company and fight for the integrity of the company. And so uh, I find that I ask myself that question on how I'm feeling. Do I feel support? Do I feel defended? Do I feel confident in the circle? And it's important that all of us do an assessment of our inner circle. Are you, do you have the right people? Do you have the right people in the right place, the right position in your organization or in your home life, your friend life, your Christian life? You know, you need to have that ambassador. You need to have that comforter. You need to have that person of discernment, a spiritual guide. You need to have these people in your life. Choose them wisely. Make sure they're going to invest in you and they're going to speak into you what Christ would want spoken into you. And whether you're a believer or not, just know that God created you. And, and you might not believe that. You might not know that yet. But I think with time, especially if you listen to my show, I think you're going to get a taste of relationship. You know, if you had a poor father, if you had a father that wasn't loving, kind, um, wanting to train you up in the right way, you know, then that was your earthly father, and your heavenly father is not like that. He loves you with unconditional love. He loves you with grace, and grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. He gave his only begotten son to die in your place so that you can be washed clean, white as snow, no matter what you did yesterday, doesn't matter. What matters is from this day forward to the future, you know, what you do presently, right here, right now. And he's called us to do things, to be thankful and to forgive. Those are the two things. You know, he says, love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body, and love thy neighbor as thyself. That's commandments. Those are things that he tells you to do. And if you do those two things, those just two, I can do. Tell me what to do, God. Tell me what to do. And this is what he's telling you to do, to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. And then he's telling you to love thy neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. As yourself. Put them before you. Put these people before you. Now, in business, you're going to have people that you feel that they're not thankful and that they don't recognize the effort that's been placed forth, you're going to have that no matter where you go. But you're called to a higher standard, and you're called to keep loving that person, and call, and you're called to pray for your enemies. You pray for your enemies. That's not easy to do. Without Christ, I think it's impossible. With Christ, I think anything's possible. <laughs> anyway, so today the, the, the talk is about what does God say? You know, in any situation, what does God say? And I want to do what God says. So I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm giving you a little background because God teaches me life lessons, and he put me on the radio so that I could share them. I'm vulnerable. I'm transparent. I'm telling you real things. I'm telling you things that, that are being brought to my table or in front of me. And I could feel uh, defeated. I could really feel defeated defeated. 
if I allowed myself that, or if I kept speaking what I've uh, what I have spoken into me, if I continue to have that scenario play in my head. I would end up being defeated. But instead, I'm going to replace those voices and those tapes and recordings with who I am in Christ. And if you go to my website, Sufri, spelt like fries, one word, you are going to find that there are the I am's. And the I am's is how you can re- transform your mind by the renewing of your mind. And you do that by by reading the I am's. And the I am's are, I am victorious. I'm an ambassador to Christ. There's there's so many, there's three pages of I am's. And what they do is they change the belief system that you currently are playing, that recording you're playing with people that have spoke into your life that maybe weren't where you want to go. And that's an assessment you need to make. And when you change those, then you will change your life. So you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind and by going to the Sufri's show um, email, you will get the IMs. You can print them out, three pages, and you should read them every morning, every night. And I will tell you that I have many people that are doing this and have been doing it for 14 years, have been on the show, and they've been doing it and it's changed their life forever. And so I believe it's a good place to start. So we are called to be grateful in all things, to give thanks in all things, and also we are called to forgive. And if we do those two things, your life will change. It'll be transformed. Is that, you You know, I'm, I'm around people right now that tend to get into the cup is half empty. And that negative attitude wears on me. And I do my best to um, vo- voice or vocalize um, just, you know, let's focus on the good. Let's focus on what the blessings are in this, this moment. And when I do that, it is changing their mindset at least a little bit to the fact that they can harbor, they can get into that negative brain power, or they can change and focus on what they're thankful for, the blessings that are right in front of them. I'm thankful that we had our meeting. I'm thankful that I had 80 employees. I'm thankful that there was a lot of good that came out of that meeting. I'm thankful that we spent the money and that we had no production for those two days. Why? Because I believe that investing into my employees, investing into people is impactful, and I think it's important to the future of their lives, the individual lives, and to E. coli. So with that being said, um, I'm going to read some scriptures. I had to put my glasses on. I'm going to be having eye surgery soon, and I'm not going to need these glasses, and I'm scared to death, but I'm going to put my faith in God and my uh, research on who to have do my surgery, and I think I've got a good person, Dr. Helm, and I'm really looking forward to having it done now. So Proverbs 15.8 in the NIV, National in Um, New International Version. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. So here's the main idea. A a quick-tempered person initiates conflict, but when we're patient, we have the ability to calm a dispute. Now, in the heat of the moment, it's hard to be calm, isn't it? It's really hard to be calm and not have reaction, to react in a situation. Practical application highlights the significance of controlling one's temper and exercising patience to prevent unnecessary quarrels. So instead of being reactionary, we need to take a deep breath and feel our emotions kind of getting rise, you know, rising inside of us because we're feeling defensive, we're feeling attacked, we're feeling whatever we're feeling, and those little triggers trigger this reaction. And if we allow that reaction... 
um, then we have to suffer the consequence of what the domino effect or ripple effect is after that reaction. God's character reflects God's desire for his followers to exhibit patience and pursue peaceful resolutions. I always want to pursue peaceful resolution. I want to understand where the issue is, trying to figure out a uh, common ground, a win-win, uh, a new understanding. You know, we, we either seek to be understood or seek to understand. And um, I've heard it said that it's much better to seek to understand than to be understood. And a lot of times people um, don't have that emotional maturity to know when to do that. And that comes with time, but sometimes people are much older and they never get it. Um, and for that, um, it's it's sad. Because if the goal is to have peace, if the goal is to gain wisdom and discernment, then our um, desire should be to seek that. Um, so here's the wisdom challenge. Consider the impact of words on relationships, recognizing the potential harm caused by foolish speech. So how can exercising wisdom in our communication contribute to more harmonious interactions with others? Do you have any idea? Can you think of an incident where you've you've reacted or responded and what the outcome was. And, you know, I really would rather not have to go back and say, I'm sorry. I don't mind. And I will say, I'm sorry. I accept responsibility. If I'm wrong, I will accept the responsibility and I'll take whatever's going to come at me with that. And hopefully I learn the lesson and it won't happen again. That's, that's maturity. That's, you know, having maturity. Uh, Matthew 5.44 is, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, the more we grow, the more responsibility we have, the more there's persecution. There's people that are going to have their own judgments. They're going to have their own um, belief system on who you are, what you are, and maybe they have jealousy. Maybe they have, you know, insecurities or I don't know. I can't figure all of it out, but I know God knows. Um, but we can do is love our enemies and pray for them. And that's not easy to do, is it? There's a part of all of us that's saying, oh, heck no, you know, I'm going to seek revenge, which uh, the vengeance, you know, the revenge is the Lord's, not ours. You know, he tells us what to do and then leave the rest for him. The main idea, Jesus encourages loving enemies and praying for those who mistreat you. You know, we don't know where people have been. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know where they're coming from, just like they don't know where I'm coming from or where you've come from. And all of us have our um, Achilles heels. All of us have those trigger points. And, you know, those that want to harm, they're going to look for those and they're going to push those buttons. And that's the truth. Um, there's others that just, you know, they they maybe don't want to speak up or they're fearful of the outcome and, and whatnot. So... But you, you really know who's there to harm you. I mean, I think if you really do an assessment, words hurt, but actions tell the story. Um, but they work together. And you can tell by a person's actions, like disrespecting you or just not being there or, um, you know, you ask a favor or you ask for something and they just don't come through or they tell you they're going to do something and they don't do it. Um you know, their actions speak loud, right? And then their words, what are they saying? Are they respecting you in private, in public? Are they saying encouraging, inspiring things? Or are they saying things that are harmful? These are ways you can tell if somebody's for you or against you. And it's pretty clear. And then we have a decision, don't we? We have a decision on what we need to do there. Now, we can move towards it. We can 
pray for those enemies that are pursuing, you know, persecuting us. We can move towards it and try to understand them better. You know, we can reach out and have conversation or try to have a conversation. We can write them a letter and say, hey, or, you know, we can call them whatever. Um, And it's up to them how they're going to respond to any situation. But if we do our part, if we look in the mirror and we say, I've done what I can to create peace. I've done what I can to create a relationship. I've done what I can. And the other person is freedom of choice, choosing to not do those things or not not move towards you, but, you know, to continue to have um, this lack of win-win or compromise, then you and I have a decision to make on what we're going to do going forward. Do we continue tolerating or do we say, um, maybe maybe it's best to have them in the outer circle, not the inner circle. These are the things that, um, you know, all of us, you know, I didn't have healthy boundaries growing up because I just didn't feel worthy to have boundaries. I didn't feel worthy. I just took whatever was given to me, and I tried to cause peace out of it, even though it was painful and it hurt. And I know some of you listening right now are going through the same thing, and maybe you don't have the courage to stand up for yourself. And I'm sorry for that, but you're going to have to find that courage. And my courage didn't come from me. My courage came from knowing what God was saying about me and to me. And when I got the courage to realize that the lies that were being told to me were lies. And I said, I don't receive that. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I would say Jesus' name over everything, and the power of Jesus would come in and and shield me from things. And I use the name of Jesus, and there's power in his name. And some of you won't even understand what that means, but with time, I'm hoping that you do, because there is power in his name. So practical application of praying for your enemies is urges followers to transcend natural inclination and extend love even to those who cause harm. Now, that's, that's supernatural. That's not something that humanly um, is easy to do, and I get that, and that's why God's calling us to do that. So um, where are you in your life? Are there, do you have an inner circle? Do an assessment of yourself. Do you have an inner circle of people that encourage and inspire you and build you up? And not that they're quiet and they don't tell you when you have a blind spot because you want to know that. And asking that question is, it, it's, it's hard to ask the question to find where you might not be as good as you want to be or maybe you think you are. But I think it's a question that's well um, received if you ask it. Um, I think that people that love you, they're going to be loving and kind and deliver the message in a way that you can understand and that you can do something about those that are um, not loving, kind, and desiring to build a relationship are going to come at you a lot different. So it's true. There's truth in that. In action, there's truth in words spoken. God's character reflects God's boundless love and the transformative power of forgiveness. And that's the other part of this, right? Forgiveness. Wisdom challenge. Reflect on the radical nature of Jesus' command and explore ways to embody such unconditional love. To pray for people that have persecuted you or they're talking bad about you or they're causing harm to you with other people. You know, it's really, really, really hard to want good in in the human in, in our human nature. It's hard to pray for that person, to pray, you know, peace and grace and godliness over that person. It's difficult in human nature, but in the spirit realm, and God's telling you to do it, then you do it because you know the blessing's yours out of obedience. Out of obedience comes blessing. So how can we practically implement Jesus' command to love and pray for our enemies in our daily lives? How can we do that? 
it's a choice you make in your head, not in your heart. Because your heart's telling you, guard that heart and how dare they. But your head is saying, I need to do what God's telling me to do because I know the blessing comes from being, doing what God wants me to do and what he, what he wants you to do. And I have to tell you, I have practiced this. I have gone through God's promises and done what he's said. And I couldn't see the fruit at the very, you know, like right now. I, I, I couldn't see the, the fruit. But with time, I find that people come back to me later and say, you planted a seed too, and you probably didn't even know you planted a seed. And now I am a follower, and then I understand what you were saying when I didn't understand when you were saying it. And do you know what a blessing that is to me? Now, there's a lot of times we are the deliverer of the message, and we don't get the fruit. We don't get, we don't get that um, feedback. You know, it's long gone. You know, that relationship, you're there for a reason and a season, and then you're gone, right? And so in that case, you just have to know that if you're doing what God's telling you to do, then you're doing the right thing. And I have to do that. I have to say that I'm doing the right thing, even though it's painful. You know, truth sometimes is harder than telling a lie. It truly is. Truth can hurt to say the truth, but the truth can set you free because you don't have to keep remembering what you lied about. So I, I, I just really have a real hard time with someone that lies to me. It's like the biggest thing for me is trust. I need to be able to trust those that are in my around me. I have to trust them that they have my best interests at heart because I do have their best interests at heart. I do. And I know that I can look in the mirror and feel totally confident that I have their best interests at heart. But when I see that they don't have mine, it's very difficult for me to do anything but just pray for them. So I say all that for you to do um, an assessment. And if you don't have healthy boundaries, maybe now is the time to start and ask the Lord to give you the courage to set that boundary and that line in the sand to say, I'm not going to accept that anymore from people that are abusing me uh, physically, emotionally with their words that I'm going to say enough is enough that that's not going to happen anymore. I'm not going to allow them in my circle. I'm not going to allow them to do this anymore and just rebuke it in Jesus' name. I rebuke that. That's not true. That's not what God says about me. That's what I used to say all the time. I'm not going to receive that because that's not what God says. And so I'm not going to believe what you are saying. I'm going to believe what God says. And please pull down the I am's on Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there. Go there and get the I am's and it will set you free and it'll help you with your life and understand who you really are in Christ. And, I, you know, I know there's country listeners, there's country music here, and you're going, what does this have to do with, with anything? I mean, I just want to listen to country music. Uh, me too. I love country music, and I love country dancing, and I love being with my horse. It's special. But I have to tell you in the grand scheme of things, where are you going to go when you die? What kind of life are you living? What kind of impact are you making? Um, I'm a successful businesswoman, and I'm thankful for that, and I feel very blessed. But I also want to make an impact, a significant impact to those that I come in contact with, which right now is you. So God bless you. Be a blessing. And we will be back with more of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate. 
at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. coli Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Um, you've been sponsoring the show for 14 years, and if you'd like to sponsor the show, I'd love to talk with you. And if you're not sure if radio is not a, a medium that you've used as a business owner, contact me by going to Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, .com. It's, it's where you can go and connect with me. And let me know your concerns. Let me know what, what's going on, and I will help you um, with that. E. coli, termite, and pest control. If you don't have a service or you're not happy with your current service, we would love to have the opportunity. We service from... Um, San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo and we would love to take care of you so let us do that I hope so this is part two of a two-part uh, program and um, so I'm going to just dive right in where I left off and we're talking about what God tells us to do you know that we need to do what God tells us to do and I've got listeners that are on different uh, radio shows and um, I come from God, even though I'm a business owner, I own E. coli, termite pest control, and I've been in the pest control business for 43 years. Um, I am a competitive dancer. I dance country western, and I dance west coast swing and ballroom. And uh, I'm a grandma of three children, and they are my world. They are my why now. Um, and I'm just very thankful that I have my two children and my daughter's brought me three and she's wanting me to pray for twins. So, uh, okay, I'm praying for twins. You can pray with me. I'm hoping you do. Anyway, that's what she wants. All right. So we're just going to keep going. Um, anyway, so we were talking about um, relationships and people that are in our lives and how, you know, their words and their actions kind of prove where they are with a relationship with you and that I've struggled with healthy boundaries when I was younger. Um, and I've learned that I need to have them because I have to have an inner circle of strength because I'm put in a position of leadership and I'm put in a position where I feel like God has a strong calling on my life. And I want to make sure that I make that calling happen. I don't want to fall short in what God created me to do. You have a calling on your life. You were created by God. And whether you know it or not, it is true. And 
it's up to you to decide what you want to do. He gave us freedom of choice. He's not going to force us into anything. You have freedom of choice to decide what you're going to do. So when I get on the show, I've been on it for 14 years, and I have 14 years of podcasts on Sufri, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. I also have the IMs that I want to introduce you to because if you're wondering, um, you know, you have people that are speaking into your life and they're speaking non-truths into your life, it's important that you change that recording, whether it's you talking to yourself or you have someone else that's speaking into your life that's doing nothing but break you down. You want to change that. You want to change that recording to be something better. So you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's from Matthew. And so the I am's on my website are free. You can push the button and you can get download of three pages of I am's read those every morning, every night. And I guarantee you, your life will change when you realize who you are in Christ. So with that being said, I'm going to continue with what God's telling us to do, because some of us just don't even know that God is talking to us. And he, and we don't even know, some of us don't even know that, that God promises us quite a few things. And it's true today, tomorrow, and forever. And so his God, God's promises are for, for you and for me. So um, in Romans twelve nineteen, we were talking about conflict, talking about people in our lives that maybe you don't see eye to eye and you're trying to work through the details. And this is what he's telling us to do. He says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord, meaning that we don't have to fight revenge. He calls us to be thankful in all things and to forgive. And he says, vengeance is mine. He will take that upon himself. We need to just do what he's telling us to do. So the main idea is believers are instructed not to seek revenge, but to leave justice in God's hands. So I'm going to do that with the situation. I'm just going to leave it there. And um, I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. He says, pray for your enemies, you know, pray for people. And I do do that. I, you know, I pray all the time for people. So the practical application is encourages believers to relinquish personal vengeance and trust God's ultimate judgment. Is that easy? Is that easy for you? Because, <laughs> you know, guess what? It's not easy for me, but I'm doing it. And I know that um, out of obedience comes blessing. And I know that if I do this, that I'm going to reflect God's character. And I want to do that. So God's character reflects God's role as the ultimate arbit- arbiter of justice. Wisdom challenge. Reflect on the difficulty of refraining from revenge and trusting in God's justice. Reflect on the difficulty because it is difficult. You know, God doesn't say that life's going to be easy when you follow God. He, did, he never gave us the promise that, oh, yeah, follow me. It's going to be easy. Nope. That's not part of it. In fact, sometimes it's tougher. But it's more clear. You know, it's like a clear path. There's no gray area, really. It's, it's really black and white. You know, you know, you just you follow what he says and and out of obedience comes blessing. So here's the question. How can we practically entrust justice to God and resist the temptation for personal revenge? How can we do that? By doing it. (laughs) The choice is yours, all right? And um, we're called for unity and we're called for peace. And I strive for peace and unity. I I just, I'm a peacemaker. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to to create peace. I like win-wins, do you? I like it when the other person is satisfied and happy with the situation and that I am. That's when, you know, no matter what the situation is, if we can find the win-win. Like where is it? Where is that win-win? Could you do without this? I went with uh my cousin to family court in Nashville. And um the 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 attorney came over and said this is what the requests are. 
And then my cousin, who was distraught, couldn't think clearly because he's just so emotionally distraught about the whole situation. Um, he, he really couldn't think clearly. And I said, well, okay, let's look at this. Okay, so if she wants this, then when are you not available? Or when, when do you need help with, with the children? When do you need help? And so he goes, oh, I have Bible study. And I'm like, okay, well, then let's make that the time when she comes over. And so that's what we did is we went through item by item to figure out how we could make it a win-win. He wouldn't be there. He didn't need a place to be. Uh, he already had a place to be, and she wanted to be. And so we just made it happen. And it, and it was really good. And sometimes it's right in front of us, and we just don't even see it. Proverbs seventeen fourteen: starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Initiating a quarrel. Okay, that's, that's another one that's really difficult. So practical application encourages exercising prudence in communication to prevent the escalation of disagreements. Prevent the escalation. How do we do that? By knowing when you're walking into a situation what your goal is. If your goal is to try to fix it, if your goal is to try to repair it, if your goal is to try to make it work, then you're coming in from an attitude of teach me. Teach me how I can do better in the situation. And then it's up to the other person to decide how they take it. If they feel pressured, if they feel pushed, if they feel um, defensive, then is that you or is it them? You know, that's, that's where that's at. God's character reflects God's desire for his followers to pursue peace and avoid needless strife. I'm all about that. Believe me, I'm all about that. Wisdom challenge. How about you? Where are you? Are you someone that wants to fight to the bitter end? You know, justice needs, needs to be served. They need to know that, you know, this is what happened. Uh, sometimes, do they really need to know? Does anybody really need to know? You know, I'm not so sure. I think the people that need to learn from the situation need to know. I think those people need to know. But does everybody need to know? No, not really. Discussion question. How can we apply discretion in our communication to prevent the escalation of disputes? My mother used to say, if you don't have something nice to say, just don't say anything at all, right? Yeah. Ephesians four thirty one thirty two. 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Rid of all bitterness. How does somebody do that? How does somebody get rid of all bitterness? It's called forgiveness. Forgive those that have trespassed against you. Is that for them or for you? It's for you. And it's for the Lord. It's for the walk. Believers are urged to eliminate negative emotions and behaviors, replacing them with kindness and forgiveness. Practical application calls for the removal of harmful attitudes and the cultivation of compassion and forgiveness. God's character reflects God's forgiveness and the call for believers to emulate this forgiveness in their interactions. Is it easy to forgive somebody that has trespassed against you? Can I just tell you the answer is no. It's not easy, especially in your own human flesh. There's a part of you that just wants to, heck no, man, I'm going to make them suffer, but you're really not making them suffer. They could care less. And the sooner you get wind of that, and as soon as you understand that you're only hurting yourself, you're holding yourself down, you've got this pit in your stomach, and it burns like a burning coal, and it doesn't go out because you continue to flame it by your bitterness and your unforgiveness. And the only way you can be freed from that so that you can have the joy of the Lord be your strength 
is by forgiving that other person. It's not for them. It's for you. And it's doing what God's telling you to do. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. And you know what? I had to choose in my head to forgive. My heart had to follow. And I hope you catch that. I know what you feel in your heart. God knows what you feel in your heart. You're hurt. They shouldn't have done that to you. How dare they do that to you? How dare them say that to you? How dare they do that to you? But you know what? They have to live with that. They have to live with that. But you don't have to. You can forgive and you can move on. And you let that go. And it's like that um, that ball with a chain and, it, and, and that it's broken. You're free. You get freedom from that so that you can experience all of the joy and God's glory over your life. You know, you can be washed clean, white as snow, and you can move forward in uh, a new feeling of new beginnings, like a butterfly that was a caterpillar and eight 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 and built its cocoon, and then it comes out and it's a new creature creation, and that's what you are. That's what God wants to see is that new creation, that rebirth, that new birth. Do you want that for you? It's there for you. It's there for you. It's whether you want to grab on hold of this thought process and you want to forgive. And I know it's hard. Some of you have been holding on to this forgive, unforgiveness for 40 years, 50 years. How can you let go? Oh, my gosh, what happens next? If you let go of that, then what? What's going to feel that, that part in your brain and your heart? Something better, I guarantee you. Something better than what's been there all this time. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yes, let it go. <laughs> okay, my guys in the other room are laughing at me right now. That's okay. Um. Okay, so practical application calls for the removal of harmful attitudes and the cultivation of compassion and forgiveness. Are you ready? Are you ready to do that? God's character reflects God's forgiveness and the call for believers to emulate this forgiveness in their interactions. I'm going to tell you a little story. I had a dad. He died when he was 60 years old, and he probably died from, you know, all of the... Um, the anger that he was holding in on. He had lung cancer. He had um, kidney cancer. They took a kidney. I think it was a kidney. Yeah, it was a kidney. And he still had one kidney. And they said if he lived seven years um, and it was free and clear, then he was good to go. And then on the eighth year, he got lung cancer. Now, he quit smoking the day I was born. And my mom continued smoking uh, until the day she died. And she died at 74. My dad died at 60. So you know, the impact of unforgiveness, the impact of um, the passive aggressiveness, the um, the lack of just dealing with whatever it is was that he needed to deal with, it cost him his life. And he wasn't a happy man. He wasn't a happy man, and he wasn't very nice to me. And that's the father that I knew, and that's the father that I had. And uh, I had to learn that the things that he was saying to me were not truth, and I had to forgive him. I had to forgive him for the pain and um, the things that he said that I rolled around in my head for years and felt like I was unworthy, and he wasn't the only one. But he was the one that um, then I had a stepfather, and then I had another stepfather. And the the second stepfather, alcoholic, lieutenant, colonel in the Air Force, um, he was more passionate with me. He showed me a little more of what God's love's like, you know, like a daddy. And I called him Papa Bear because I didn't want to give him dad or daddy. Um, but he was my papa bear. And um, he showed me a lot more about love and kindness and support and encouragement. Um, I've saved his letters forever. 
Um, he's gone now, too. I don't know if he went to the Lord on his dying uh, bed. I talked to him about it, but he wasn't awake enough for me to know if he received. I'm believing that he did, and I'll see him again, but we'll see when I get up there. So um, reflect on the toxic emotions mentioned and consider practical steps to cultivate kindness and forgiveness. You know, it's talking about these emotions as being toxic, okay, because their unforgiveness, that bitterness, it's toxic and it's hurting you inside. Like my dad, he died way too early and cancer got a hold of him because it was, it, it was brewing inside of his body. And so this could be happening to you and it could be harming your health. You're not harming whoever harmed you, whoever trespassed against you. You're not harming that person. Just get that through your maybe thick skull. Maybe you need to just let that go and make a choice in your head that you're going to forgive that person, even though they're not, they should not get forgiveness. It's not, they do not deserve forgiveness. It's not about them. And the sooner you understand that you're doing it for you, not them to forgive and let it go and cut it off and move forward. Um, the sooner you're going to feel better and you're going to have more joy in your life. You're going to laugh more and you're going to love more. Do you want that? Who wouldn't? How can we actively practice kindness and forgiveness in our relationships following the example of Christ? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, if somebody has done something, you know, I, I, you know, I tell people when they're hired at Ecola, I say, look, if you have an issue with somebody, go to that somebody. Don't talk about it with anybody else because it's nobody else's issue. And that's called rumor and gossip. So don't talk about these issues with other people. Go directly to the source and say to that person what you're feeling, what you're thinking. Then that person on the other end of this conversation has a choice on how they want to handle it. They have a choice on what they're going to do from that point forward. And based on how they choose to handle it, helps you choose how you're going to handle it, right? So you want to bear with each other. And forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Because I can tell you that the Lord forgives me every day. I fall short every day, more than once. You know, I sin. I, I, I sin. I do things. And I sometimes I know, sometimes I don't know. But I know that I'm doing things um, that would be less than perfect for God. But what I do quickly is try to fix that. I try to change it. Um, I accept responsibility for it. And I move forward in a positive direction. So the main idea is believers are instructed to bear with one another and extend forgiveness, mirroring the Lord's forgiveness. The practical application encourages patience and forgiveness in relationships modeled after God's forgiveness. So we are called to be patient. We're called to forgive. We reflect God's merciful and forgiving nature, calling believers to embody similar qualities. So here's the wisdom challenge. Do you want more wisdom? And do you love being challenged? I do. Reflect on the practical application of bearing with others and offering forgiveness in daily life. People say, you're so kind, you're so forgiving, you're so caring, you care too much, and that you forgive. I do forgive. Because we're all going to fall short of the glory of God. How can we embody patience and forgiveness in our relationships reflecting God's mercy? How can you do this? By just doing it. Do it. 
do something that's not normal for you, okay? Something that doesn't feel comfortable. Maybe that's going in the right direction. I don't know, but just try it. Whatever you've been doing, are you getting the results that you feel are best? Or could there be a better scenario? Could there be a better way to handle it? Could there be a better way to deal with this? Proverbs 23, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. So are you one that goes to quarrel? Are you one that causes more? Or do you want to seek to understand? Do you want to avoid strife? You know, I just don't like going back and having to say I'm sorry. So anything I can do to avoid that and to, you know, be in a conversation and try to just, I I try to deal with things head on. I just, I do. It's like, you know, if we're not feeling comfortable here, can we figure out why? Can we just figure out why? You know, what's the deal? What's going on here? Let's figure it out and figure out if there's a way we can make this better for both of us. It is honorable to avoid strife, but fools are quick to quarrel. Highlights, uh, practical application highlights the value of discretion and the avoidance of hasty quarrels, hasty quarrels, hasty response, hasty reactions. Wisdom challenge, reflect on situations where avoiding strife is the honorable choice and apply this wisdom in daily life. Choose your battles wisely is what I say to my children and to me as parents, as leaders, choose your battles wisely and timing is very important, but choose your battles wisely. Is this worth the fight? Is it worth fighting over? Is it better just to not fight about it? That's a really good question, right? Discussion question. How can we honorably navigate conflicts by choosing to avoid strife, following the wisdom of Proverbs? In your Bible, if you're not real familiar with Proverbs, there's 31 Proverbs. And if you want a place to start in your Bible, go to Proverbs. It's kind of in the middle of your Bible. You have Proverbs and you have Psalms. And in Proverbs, there's 31. So you have one for every day of the month, especially if you chose 31-day month. But you have one for every... It's really easy reading. It's just really simple. It's, it's small. And if you read it, it's so impact with discernment and wisdom that you could, you know, if you could memorize all of Proverbs, whoo. That would be amazing because it gives you a lot of the rules for the rule book of life right there. Uh, I just, I don't have one to pull on right now, but there's so much there. And go to Sue Freeze, beltlikefriesoneword.com. Go there and pull down the I am's. If you want to get better and you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, if you want to improve upon how you think, the rules, the, 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 I don't know, the roles that you're playing in your head, you know, those, those um, reels, just change the, the, the impact, change the message that you're giving yourself and the message you give to others. You are important. You are victorious in Jesus' name. You are an ambassador to Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No weapon formed against you can, can prosper. Victory is yours. I have to say these things because I have attack in the spiritual world. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the person at the other end of the table. It's not against that person. It's a battle in the spirit realm. And see, the devil is doing his work, and he and he sees that God's doing a work. And, he, and the devil doesn't want the work to continue because he knows it's going to be impactful. He knows that it's going to be good for God. So he does anything to steal, kill, and destroy the people that are delivering messages. Today is a perfect example of that for me. 
is that, you know, the devil wants to come in and he wants to cut me off at the knees so that I can't be where I need to be and deliver the message that God wants me to deliver because the devil thinks it's going to have impact. And I know it is. And maybe it's you that the impact is for. Maybe it's you that God is talking to you right now. The Holy Spirit is here right now and he wants you. He wants you completely. He wants you to have attention on him. You know, um, he wants your attention. He wants you to get to know him. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. You know, it's not about going to church. It's not being a churchgoer. People say, oh, you're religious. I like to fight that. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I have a personal relationship with my Heavenly Father. I know who I am in him. I know that I am his daughter and that he loves me and he's protecting me. He provides for me. All those promises that he says, they are for me. And they're also for you. So understand that he is, he loves you unconditionally, and he'll accept you and receive you right where you are today. You don't have to clean up your act. You just go to him right now, ask him in your heart, and he will meet you right where you are, no matter where you are. So I hope you um, take this message. I hope you share it with other people. I hope you go to my website. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you and hold you and keep you. Bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.